Welcome to the TNT Report Podcast, marketing tips, news, and tools for small business. Here's your host, Jim Person. Hello, I'm Jim Person, and welcome to the TNT Report Podcast, marketing tips, news, and tools for small business. This is episode number 17 for the week ending Friday, April 29th. If you're a YouTube video creator, you need TubeBuddy a free browser extension and mobile app that integrates directly into YouTube to help you run your channel with ease, advance keyword research, rank higher in search, get more views, and more. Check it out. Download TubeBuddy at TubeBuddy.com entrepreneur. Today is Friday, April 29th, and it's International Dance Day, National Shrimp Scampi Day, Viral Video Day, and Child Care Professionals Day. Today is also Arbor Day, an observance going back 150 years to celebrate nature's bounty of trees. Arbor Day comes with plenty of flexibility, though, as different states note the occasion on different dates and even in a different month. According to the Census Bureau, Julius Sterling Morton moved to the tree-poor Nebraska Territory in the mid-1850s with his wife. While he worked as a newspaper editor and politician, they campaigned for tree planting. On April 10, 1872, it became the first state to celebrate Arbor Day. Nationwide, there are just over a 1,000 people in 169 establishments engaged in operating forest nurseries and gathering forest products. In addition, there's about 13,300 plant nurseries, garden centers, and farm supply stores to aid the greening in the United States. Saturday, April 30th is Adopt-A-Shelter Pet Day, Eeyore's Birthday, International Jazz Day, Independent Bookstore Day, and Bugs Bunny Day. Saturday is also National Oatmeal Cookie Day, National Honesty Day, Save the Frog Day, and National Mr. Potato Head Day, among many other recognitions. Saturday, April 30th is also the 219th anniversary of perhaps the greatest real estate deal in American history one that doubled the size of the nation, putting it in a position to become a world power. The year was 1803, and the deal was the Louisiana Purchase. The young United States bought nearly 830,000 square miles from France at the cost of four cents an acre. The land stretched from the Mississippi River to the Rocky Mountains and from the Gulf of Mexico to the Canadian border. The sale encompassed all or parts of 14 of today's states, Appropriately enough, Louisiana became a state on this date, April 30th, back in 1812. At the time, just 77,000 people lived there. Now Louisiana is home to 4.6 million. Sunday, May 1st, meanwhile, is May Day, Global Love Day, Lemonade Day, School Principals Day, and National Chocolate Parfait Day. E-Marketer forecasts that U.S. podcast ad spending will surpass $2 billion next year and $3 billion by 2026. Podcast will account for over a quarter of digital audio services ad spending in 2022 and will be more than a third of spending by the end of 2026. Most digital audio monetization will come from recorded music for the foreseeable future, but podcast share of the market has grown so much, and will continue to do so, that it can't be ignored by marketers. Once relegated to experimental budgets, podcasts are becoming a crucial component of multimedia ad campaigns. 
More than half of advertisers say they plan to increase their podcast ad budgets in 2022. That's according to a poll of 255 U.S. advertisers conducted by Advertiser Perceptions in August of 2021. Nearly half, 46%, plan to keep their budgets the same, and just 1% plan to reduce podcast ad spending. These shares were in line with what advertisers expected of their digital audio budgets. Most advertisers did not have dedicated podcast advertising budgets. About half used their digital audio budgets to fund podcast campaigns. As podcast ad spending increases and accounts for a greater share of total audience ad dollars, you can expect more advertisers to break out podcast-specific budgets. Having dedicated budgets could help centralize campaign planning and measurement for advertisers committed to podcast over the long run. All right, this week's featured tip is about the difference between push and pull marketing and how to use them. Pull marketing is a marketing strategy that focuses on getting your target customers to discover your brand, products, and services. Examples include SEO, word of mouth, and social media marketing. Push marketing is a strategy that focuses on placing your products or services in front of your target customers. Examples include cold emailing, direct mail, and advertisers. The best businesses use both pull and push marketing to complement each other. Here are some ways you can combine both pull and push marketing together. Generate leads with pull marketing and close them with push marketing. This is the core idea behind inbound marketing. Create content that ranks high on search engines for the target queries, pull marketing. Get prospects to sign up for the email list. And finally, request sales teams to contact these prospects via email or phone, push marketing. Run social ads to promote your content. Get people to consume your content by running ads on platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Quora, and more. Target your ads to lookalike audiences built from your pulled audience. Since your pulled audience is made up of people who are actively seeking out the type of content you're creating, they're perfect as your source audience. And send outreach emails to boost awareness of your existing content. That's the idea behind link building. That story comes to us from Ahrefs. If you want to find the link, you can find it in the show notes at jumpperson.com slash 17. This tip, of course, just one of several tips uh, provided each week in my TNT Report newsletter. Don't miss any of those tips. Get them at uh, jumperson.com slash TNT. All right, in news of the week, Twitter, of course. Twitter locks down product changes after agreeing to the Elon Musk bid. Bloomberg, Media Post, and the Wall Street Journal, among others, all reported this week that Twitter Inc. locked down changes to its social networking platform through Friday after accepting the $44 billion bid from billionaire Elon Musk, making it harder for employees to make unauthorized changes. Meanwhile, according to a Reuters article, Republican lawmakers welcome news that Musk, who calls himself a free speech absolutist, was purchasing Twitter, but Democrats slammed it as a sign that more needed to be done to rein in big tech. Joe Rogan claims a massive subscriber boost due to recent controversies. During a recent episode of his Spotify podcast, Rogan said he gained 2 million subscribers after controversies over his alleged spread of COVID-19 misinformation and past use of the N-word. While Spotify does not release subscription numbers related to the Joe Rogan experience, 
Rogan reportedly averages roughly 11 million listeners per episode, according to a recent estimate, though sources clarified that Rogan has seen consistent growth since joining the platform. That story comes to us this week from both The Hollywood Reporter and TechCrunch. The U.S. Federal Aviation Administration has revoked a YouTuber's pilot's license after it concluded that he intentionally crashed his plane for the sake of gaining online views. On November 24, 2021, Trevor Jacob was flying over California's Los Padres National Forest in his small single-engine plane when his propeller stopped working. Jacob filmed the whole incident and uploaded it to YouTube in a video titled, I Crashed My Plane. Since being posted online in December, the video racked up 2.2 million views. In the video, the empty plane is shown speeding towards the mountains before crashing into the wilderness. On April 11th, FAA concluded its investigation into the incident and determined that Jacob had crashed his 1940 Taylorcraft BL-65 as a stunt. And that story comes to us from The Guardian. Meanwhile, according to Media Post, Panera says the success of its monthly $8.99 unlimited coffee subscription program is incentive to expand the recurring revenue concept to 26 beverages. As with the unlimited coffee program, the unlimited sip club is available only to members of the My Panera loyalty program and can be used every two hours. Unlimited Sip Club is priced at $10.99 a month, but it's free until July 4th for loyalty members who sign up by May 6th. It's available on-premise and via pickup and delivery orders. Panera is expanding its beverage offering beyond Pepsi to include bubbly lime and new Panera Charge Lemonade energy drinks. Other headlines this week. Sales grow for furniture retailers focused on sustainability. Meta plans to open retail stores to showcase virtual reality hardware. The return to office is driving Gen Zers to quit. Google Play Store now has a million fewer apps than four years ago. A study shows that 66 million U.S. adults are cannabis consumers. YouTube gives its tip jar feature a wide rollout. And Twitter admits it hid tweets about HBO's QAnon docuseries. For links to these stories, visit jumpperson.com slash 17. Do you want to start a podcast but don't know where to start with podcast hosting? Or maybe you already have a podcast and you're looking for a less expensive option for hosting. Well, I recommend Bcast. It was built by marketers for marketers. Do more with your podcast on the hosting platform that gives you more options to help you grow your audience. Give Bcast a try now with my affiliate link jumpperson.com slash podcast host. That's jumpperson.com slash podcast host. All right, this week's featured tools, two of them out of the four that I shared in my newsletter this week, ClipChamp and Loudness. ClipChamp is a free video editor. You can use it to create beautiful videos. Paid plans start at just $9 a month. Loudness, meanwhile, is an automatic podcast mastering service for podcasters who want to sound great without worrying about all the technical stuff. Just drag in your audio and loudness will make it sound better. Achieve perfect loudness, reduce background noise, level out speech, all in one click. And during their beta, well, it's free. That's clipchamp.com for free video editing and loudness.fm for audio leveling services. Again, those were just two of the four tools I covered in this week's email newsletter. 
See all of the tools at jumpperson.com slash TNT. All right, if you're a subscriber to the TNT Report, you know that it's more than just tips, news, and tools. Since the newsletter is published on Friday afternoons, I also include a Friday freebie. Today's Friday freebie is about free Zoom backgrounds. Now, while the pandemic certainly increased our use of Zoom for virtual meetings, many companies and individuals still use the platform. Why not spice up your background with professional-looking photos or even a video background? Head down the rabbit hole of options with a Pexels search. You can find that at pexels.com slash search slash Zoom backgrounds. Now, if you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe at jumpperson.com slash TNT dash podcast. You can also find the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, numerous other podcast apps as well. All right, now for some bonus content for you as a podcast listener. This is something not included in the weekly TNT Report newsletter. What are the best fonts for online reading? Well, there's no single answer to that question. Among high legibility fonts, a study found a 35% difference in reading speeds between the best and the worst. People read 11% slower for every 20 years they age. The study of the best fonts for online reading is ultimately disappointing because it doesn't really answer the most burning question. What font should you use for your website? But it still does provide many intriguing findings, including the striking conclusion that there is no single answer to this question. Sean Wallace from Adobe and colleagues conducted a reading speed study with 352 participants. They were asked to read several short passages of text. Each passage had 300 to 500 words. And by comparison, the average web page contains 593 words. The test stimuli were an approximately 8th grade reading level, which matches a recommendation for web content targeted a, at a broad consumer audience. Now, on average, any given participant read 35% faster in his or her fastest font. Now, that's a huge difference considering that each user was only measured on five fonts. If reading speeds had been measured for all 16 fonts for each user, the difference between the fastest and slowest font would have likely been even bigger. And it would have been bigger again in a hypothetical but impossible experiment that measured people reading text in all available fonts with sufficient legibility to be considered for practical business design. With this big difference in reading speeds within users, you'd expect that the study would have identified a font with the highest overall score, well, it did. Garamond had the highest average reading speed at 312 words per minute. It was 6% better than number two, which was Oswald, at 295 words per minute, and 23% better than the worst font of the 16 tested, that was Open Sans, at 254 words per minute. But Garamond was only the best on average. It wasn't best for all users. There were substantial individual differences. All right, so what does all this mean? Well, the main conclusions of the study were that even among fonts with good legibility, reading speeds differ substantially, so it really matters to get the font right. Unfortunately, no single font is best for all users. Reading speed declines substantially with age, even among middle-aged users. It's always a great recommendation to cut the words for digital content. The study's authors recommend cutting 11% more words if large parts of your audience are 50 years of age or older. And there are age-related differences in what fonts are best. 
with people younger than 35 being different than people older than 35. Definitely interesting stuff there on fonts, readability, and ultimately web conversion. This information comes to us from the Nielsen Norman Group. If you want to do a deep dive into their research and read more about the best font to use on websites, etc., and find that link at chumperson.com slash 17. Speaking of websites, if you're looking for hosting for your WordPress website, check out WP Engine. You'll get high-performance WordPress hosting that, well, just works. And you can improve your conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. And you can get three months free when you sign up with my affiliate link, chumperson.com slash three free. That's the number three and the word free chumperson.com slash three free. All right, gang, I think that's going to do it for this week's TNT Report podcast. You can find links to all the resources and news stories mentioned in the podcast on my website, chumperson.com slash 17. And for more stories and news, tips and tools, check out this week's email newsletter, chumperson.com slash TNT. Thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great weekend and, of course, a profitable week ahead. Thanks for listening to this episode of the TNT Report Podcast. Marketing tips, news, and tools for small business with your host, Jim Person. If this podcast has been helpful, please leave a rating or review. Be sure to like or give a thumbs up and subscribe at jimperson.com slash TNT dash podcast. And to subscribe to Jim's weekly TNT Report e-newsletter, visit jimperson.com slash TNT. 